Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And welcome back to the Believe in Pit Football podcast presented by Bet Online. I am one of your hosts, Doran Dickerson, alongside former All Big East quarterback Bill Stahl. Pitt beat writer of the Tribune Review, Jerry DePaula, and former Pitt All-American linebacker, Scott McKillop. Uh, a rough week, a rough week and a rough Saturday for the Pitt Panthers, guys. And 44-41 to 41 loss to Western Michigan, a MAC team. And, you know, I did put some money on the game, and I never bet Pitt. Um, I always either take the over or under, so I took the over, which I actually won, so I'm excited about that. And this will lead me right into Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests are available. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code, promo code NFL100. That's NFL100, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. All right, guys, yeah, 44-41. to 41, um, Just an atrocious loss for Pitt. And, Jerry, you weren't covering the team at the time, but all three of us, Bill, Myself and Scott, we were a part of a, of a loss in 2008 against Bowling Green. And uh, it was a max school. We went in there. We were, we were ranked at the time, I believed. Coming off the 13-9 season, you know, we had a lot of uh, power behind us. And we went into that game and we overlooked them. We, you know, played horrible. It was the first game of the season. So, luckily, you know, we tried to salvage the season after that. Nothing was, you know, and, and it looks different now because we're older and and I look at this game and I just ana- analyze it a lot more. Whenever you're a player, you're just like, hey, you know what, we're just going to move on to the next week. But at this point in the season, uh, you know, whenever you had so many hopes and it's not over, I know that the, there's still a lot of season to play, but whenever you had a lot of hopes and, and aspirations of having a good record, hopefully getting to 10 wins, this really puts a damper on it, doesn't it? Well, you know, I think it's a good good thing that Pitt has an has a easy game this week. I mean, New Hampshire's not as good as Western Michigan. I, I, you know, I, I'll say it right now. Pitt is not going to lose to New Hampshire. They can lose to Georgia Tech. They can lose to Duke or Virginia later on. But they're not going to lose this Saturday. Um, and the thing is, the, the schedule in the, I, early in the season, I thought the ACC Coastal was going to be pretty good. Now, you know, Georgia Tech's not very good, although they play Clemson strong. Miami's struggling. Uh, Duke's not very good. Even Clemson, you know, they, they barely beat, uh, they barely beat Georgia Tech. But uh, to, to carry on, for Pitt to carry on, they really need to, to uh, get their heads straight. Narduzzi said it today. He said, physically we were there, but mentally we weren't there. And there's no excuse for that. These guys are seniors. Some of them are super seniors. They're 24 and 25 years old, some of them. And they come out and lay an egg for, because of mental problems and mental breakdowns that's not that's not acceptable and i think Arduzzi really took him to task and he took his coaches to task too today at the news conference very interesting news conference today 
He talked about how he wants to get maybe back on the defensive side of things, and maybe you know he even mentioned going up into the press box uh, to to make the, the call to defense, which hasn't been done by the way since you guys uh, played in 2007 when when Wanstead had the uh, Achilles uh, surgery. He ended up coaching from the press box when you guys played Cincinnati. Is that right? No seven. Uh, and Narduzzi's not going to do that. I think it was just a threat. But I think he's going to become more involved in the defensive alignment, even though he's probably uh, you know involved in it a lot now. Um, but he kind of kind of threw the defensive coordinator under the bus a little bit by saying he, he's during debates by saying he's going to uh, be involved more with with defense. Then I asked him, and I, I brought this up to you guys earlier. That fourth and six play from the forty-eight yard line with more than ten minutes to go, instead of kicking, instead of punting it in which they got to put him inside the 10-yard line. He goes for it. So I asked him today, why didn't you punt the ball? And he said, well, Mark Whipple, we called him Whip, our offensive coordinator, thought he had a play that would work. Well, you know, he went, we went with Whipple. Whipple was sure, but the problem was they didn't block it very well. And uh, Pickett got sacked for a loss of 14 yards. And then Western Michigan kicks the field goal, and they're up by 10. He punts it. They got a better chance, I think. I think that was one, one mistake he made in that game. And he also, you know, mentioned his secondary. Uh, didn't play very well. You had um, MJ De- Devonshire falling down, you know, led to, you know, led to a touchdown. You have Brandon Hill and Eric Hallett, the safeties, running into each other. You know, these are Hallett's a senior or, or junior, I believe, but he's played a lot. Brandon Hill played a lot last year and played well against Tennessee. They run into each other. I mean, these guys practice together every day. I guess stuff like that can happen. You, you guys probably know better than me, but those kind of mistakes can happen. The bad snap. You know, they, they put the Western Michigan on a nine-yard line. There's no excuse for that. You know, he snapped the ball. It's, it's Yeah, it's it's a shotgun snap, but what the heck, it's only about five yards. So, yeah, they, they really played, uh, really dined in their competition. They played a good team, too. And Tim Lester, the coach, knows Narduzzi's defense. Narduzzi interviewed Tim Lester for the offensive coordinator's job after the 2016 season when uh, Matt Canada left. And he, he interviewed him for the job. And I talked. I, I listened to Lester's news conference, and he said, we had the interview for the first two hours of it. We talked about the interview. For the next two hours, they talked ball. So they talked about stuff that maybe Lester used against Pitt this weekend, which I thought was kind of kind of funny. You know, and, and one thing from the, uh, the press conference that stuck out to me that I just kind of, you know, tilted my head and, would, and, and is a little, I'm a little bit dumbfounded about the comment. I think somebody asked uh, Pat Narduzzi that, you know, how was the kids' body language? How are they feeling today whenever they came in the building? And, you know, you know, what are they feeling like, I guess? And he was like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not a psychologist. Um, you know, so I guess it's, it's 2021. This is how kids are. They're, they're feeling good. I don't know. Like, this isn't that. I'm like, listen, yo, like, you're, you're, not a, you're not a psychologist. I get that. But, you know, you're around these guys every single day, uh, except for, like, four weeks out of the year. So you should know how your players are feeling in and out every single day. You know, if you're, you're not around a psychologist every single day, you're around your coach almost every single day. So that kind of was like, you know, you should know how your players were. And if you don't know how they're feeling, ask them, go ask Kenny Pickett, go, go ask Kenny Pickett how he's feeling. Are you feeling good? Are you feeling, obviously you're not feeling the best you just lost, but how are you feeling moving forward? Where are we going to go as a team? How can we get over this mentally? It's okay to have a conversation with your players and be on the same page is my point. So that kind of like threw me through a loop a little bit with that comment. Scott, what are your, what are your thoughts for the game this past Saturday? Well, I mean, Doran, to, uh, to build on kind of what you said about, you know, the, the body language of the players and, and how they were, um, 
moving around at the facility. You know, you guys were around when we lost to Bowling Green, but I was also there when we lost to OU, to Ohio, at Ohio, in overtime, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, I lost when I was, you know, a special teams player, and I lost when I was a full-time starter, you know, and, and you know, I know I can speak for a lot of, of uh, the other players. I mean, you know, it was an embarrassment. I mean, there, there, there's no easy way about it. I mean, we were embarrassed. I mean, you know, during the season, you know, players wear, wear their pit gear, wear their, their you know, their, their sweatshirts to, to, to class. I remember it like yesterday. Nobody was wearing any pit stuff because we were embarrassed. Now, people knew who we were and knew we were about, but, you know, I mean, it's – I mean, I took it personal. I mean, my senior year, we had all the momentum in the world. Yeah, people are going to say close the yearbook about beating, you know, West Virginia 13-9. But going into the season, you know, we went in and we laid an egg against Bowling Green. I mean, you know, when LaShawn McCoy, LaRod Stevens, Derek Kinder, I mean, you know, you, you, you're so – I mean, like, we just – we came out and played flat. So, like, I, I, I am pissed that, you know – they're not taking it personally. And if they're not, then they don't really truly understand what it's like to be a pit man. You know, and I know we throw that hashtag out on social media about a proud pit man. You know, I'll tell you what, a proud pit man's pissed. A proud pit is a proud pit man's going to come out and smash New Hampshire in the mouth. But I mean, you know, talking about the game, I mean, as, as a defensive, former defensive coach, former defensive player, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it, it starts from top to bottom. I mean, it starts with D-line, starts with line. I mean, linebackers, DBs. I mean, you, the, 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 one of the things I, I think as a coach, I mean, you, you shouldn't be pointing any fingers at any players. The first person you should point a finger at is yourself. You know, if, if this is your defense that you hang your hat on and you think that it's, it's the, the best thing ever, like, shouldn't you know how teams are going to attack it? Shouldn't you have an idea of the weaknesses and the strengths? I mean, I just – you know, I, I know he said that we practiced it and, you know, we, 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 uh, we worked on it, but obviously not enough. I mean, obviously something's not right. You know, and look, I'm, I'm not – I don't want to jump off the ship and say we have to scrap the defense and go to cover three or cover four – I mean, cover two, whatever. I just think sometimes you need some other variety. You know, just – you know, if, if you're going to hang your hat on it, you better, you better do it well. I mean, you, you better rally. I mean, you know, uh, I, I know – previous podcast I, I sang the praise of, of Charlie Partridge and you know I think he's a great coach as well as the other ones but I mean I mean if you look at the stats I mean guys you, you can answer this for me I mean how many batted balls has our D-line had in that game or any game not not, not very many. many I mean I mean yeah, when you face, hand, probably. yeah yeah when you face a quick passing game and Doran and Bill you can you can build on this too when you guys talk sometimes a batted ball is just as good as a sack and, you know, here's the thing, though, linebackers, yes, we all know what their linebackers are about. They're downhill stopping the run. How many times in that press conference did he say we did not stop the run? So in his mind, he thinks that if they would have stopped the run, they probably would have beat Western Michigan. Well, I don't think so. I don't I, I just that wasn't it. That wasn't working. Some some corrections need to be had in the comment he made about going up in the press conference. Because if he, he would have seen, if he had been up there, that's your job as a coach to coach your coaches and trust them that they know what they're doing. Don't be a micromanager. Trust them and believe that they know what they're doing. Because remember, you hired them unless you just hired yes man and robots. I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, you know, safeties, I mean, I know I sang their praise last podcast, but they were exposed. You know, I mean, it's. And that type of defense, you have that number two receiver in, out, vertical, 
So, I mean, it's pretty much wherever they go, you go. You don't have a sideline to use like the corner. But, I mean, I, 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 there are things to build on, and thank gosh it's just one game. I mean, I can only imagine listening to a podcast after we lost a Bowling Green and what people would be saying too. But, I mean, the, the most important thing is as long as they keep it together in, in the, uh, the locker room and, and move on and, and learn from it. And I hope they're pissed. I mean, I hope they're pissed. I mean, I, I said it was a trap game. They played to the level like we did when we were there and like they're doing there. And, and the most important thing is, you know, you know, just like I said last week, never too high, never too low. You got to keep on sawing that wood. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, there are there are some positives, I mean, to come out of the game. I mean, uh, but the positives, they needed help. And that positive is Kenny Pickett. I mean, the, the way he played, the way he's been playing, uh, he's really carrying this team on his shoulders and uh, he needed help against Western Michigan, which sounds crazy, uh, but he did and he didn't get it. And no, it's just, I don't, you know, you should be in a position now, you know, and, and Jerry, you said this before with the amount of seniors and the amount of super seniors and the tenured coach that's been there for a while, you shouldn't be in a situation like this. Um, you shouldn't be in a game like, against the Western Michigan. Like these are games where you go and you dominate and then you go back to the film and you go watch the tape uh, and, and say, all right, well, we do this great and we don't do this great and we can build on this and we can't, you know, we should scrap this. It shouldn't be like a whole, you're going back from square one now and you're going to head into New Hampshire and then you might, you know, you're probably going to beat New Hampshire, like Jerry said, and then you're going to be feeling good about yourself again. And then you're going to go to Georgia Tech who almost and probably should have beat Clemson and, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it is a very – it puts them in a very, very tough situation, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I, I really hope that, uh, you know, if a guy like Kenny Pickett, you know, keeps playing the way he does, somebody else will step up and the coaches will rally around him and, you know, maybe change change their ways because they're going to have to. With, with the safeties, because they're using men – you know, he was throwing people under the bus today, and he didn't mention any names. But he said in that 34-yard run in the fourth quarter – uh, by Tyler, the, the running back for Western Michigan. There was a safety that came up and was falling what he thought was going to be a jet sweep. Opened up the middle of the field, and the guy went 34 yards. He had a defensive end, he said. He didn't name him either, who was running upfield during that last uh, possession by Western Michigan, running upfield to, to uh, as you see, he was rushing the passer instead of holding his, uh, his leverage on, on the end there. And those are simple mistakes that these guys should know they shouldn't do. And they've been told to do it a million times. In fact, Arnduzzi said that with a, with a safety play, the 34-yard run. He said, that's a, that's a play we've practiced a million times. You know, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sticking up for Narduzzi, but I think sometimes these kids have brain cramps. And they shouldn't because they're, they're coaching, being, being coached up all the time. They're in classrooms or on the field, just like you guys were. You know, they do as much, if not more, work in, 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 with video and in the classroom than they do on the field. And they shouldn't make these mistakes. And, and, and they made them, and it cost them. But you know what? If they had stopped Western Michigan in that last possession, I think they win the game. You know, and I'll tell you why. is because they were moving the football. Uh, he, he would have thrown his seventh touchdown pass and tied Pete Gonzalez for the school record because I, I just think that's the way the game was headed. One more possession for Pitt, and they would have won, but they never got the ball back. That's why he should have punted, I thought. No, I mean, Jerry, I, I agree 100% what you're saying. And, you know, he even said in his press conference – the, the defense alignment not understanding four-minute offense and what they were trying to do and not rush the passer. Well, coach, that's your job. I remember whenever I played and even whenever I coached on his staff, 
that we had a four minute period where the offense's job was to get two first downs and it was the defensive job to stop them. Maybe he's not putting them in situations that can relate to the game so that they know exactly how and what to do. And here's another thing, you know, I'm a defensive coach. I'm a defensive player. They had three turnovers and that equaled what 21 points. Maybe you would have held one of them to a field goal because my job when I was a coach, when I was a player, sudden change, just like Bill said a couple podcasts ago, they're going to take a shot. Our job is to limit them to a field goal. If you limit them to a field goal, you're going to probably have a better chance to win. So, you know. Yep. So I got, I got to get in here uh, and, and talk about this offense. Um, I obviously got to give some credit, obviously, to Kenny. Uh, Kenny became – the second all-time leading passer in pit history uh, behind Alex Van Pelt, uh, which is great. I mean, these individual, in, individual stats are, are amazing, great for the university, great for the players. Um, he's now the, the fourth highest total of touchdown passes in the country. Uh, Jordan Addison is also leading the ACC and ranked third among, uh, among third nationally among receivers. And Lucas Crow is leading, leading, the, leading the nation in a tight end uh, tight ends uh, for touchdown catches. So, I mean, our offense is doing great things, individually doing great things. And I emphasize individually because I'm calling this a perfect storm for Pitt and the offense. And I'm going to obviously explain why. Because uh, we're we're averaging 43 points a game. We're leading the ACC and we're in the top 10 nationally per game. We're holding that number nine spot. That's, that, that's amazing. That is great stuff. But, but here is the perfect storm. When we're looking just surface level, people lie, but the numbers do not lie. I said this before. I'm going to say it again, and I'll continue to say it again. The numbers will not lie. The pressure of this game falls on certain statistics and we're going to go down to the miscellaneous column here if you're looking at you know the all the uh the the stats of the game here and i'm looking at extreme important stats possession of game possession time of the game we only had the ball for 19 minutes and 45 seconds and we still put up 41 points I'm looking at third down conversion, guys. These are the reasons why we lost this game. We, are, we were one of eight on third down. Past couple of games, we're about a little less than 60%. That means we are extending drives. We are literally getting first down. 60% of the time when we're in third down, we're extending the drive. We're getting points out of these stats. And then I go down to fourth down. We're one of three. Two of those times, you might as well just call that a turnover. Might as well just call that a turnover. We lose a ball on a fourth down, not getting those two conversions, and that leads to points. And obviously, Jerry brought up that that uh, you know that that call on fourth down and fourth and six. Obviously, it's easy to say now, pun it, but. The way that the game was going, I, I just – those are the calls that we have the luxury of looking back and saying, 
that could have been the game. The way that the game played out, I mean, this shootout game and it. To yeah, but Bill, to, Bill, you shouldn't have been in that situation. Ex- and I was just going to say, even, you to shouldn't, Scott's we shouldn't point, even, yes. to Scott's point, we shouldn't. We're talking about a shootout with Western Michigan. Right, and no disrespect. We're not, we're not here yeah, disrespecting school. In the fourth quarter, yeah. Yeah, we're not disrespecting Western Michigan. Obviously, they beat Pitt. Obviously, they had their stuff together. Obviously, Tim Lester is a very good coach. Not disrespecting them, but with Pitt's aspirations and their visions and goals, what do they want? What they wanted to be and do this year, and what they had coming back, and a tenured coach that shouldn't you shouldn't even be talking about this. You shouldn't even be in those situations. Absolutely, and it goes to, you know, finishing. You know, the we we were sacked for a minus twenty eight yards. Our quarterback, our our quarterback was for the second game in a row. Our leading rusher. That's yep. we can't have Kenny cannot He's rusher for the season for, for, the, for season. the season too. He we can't and have Vincent that. Davis is at 103 yards in three games. And here's how we solve some of these and, issues, and the run, guys. Run game is a big problem, Bill. It, exactly, and I'm I'm getting right into that because this is my issue, and I promise you this solves some of the issues offensively, and for Narduzzi as a head coach because. With zero running game, Pitt kills themselves early in football games because if you're able to establish the running game, meaning control the friggin' line of scrimmage with your guys up front, and let's not forget, if we if you could establish that running game and get your big guys in sync, get some momentum, get some confidence with them, being able to manhandle people up front, um, that's a major booster for your offense line throughout the entire game. And that's also going to open up a top 10 offense, top 10 quarterback in the country. That's how much easier is it going to be for Kenny Pickett in that third, fourth quarter crucial times if they have to put eight, nine guys in the box in certain downs and distances. Doran, we ate people's defenses alive just because well you would have beat them anyway i'm just saying it made things a whole hell of a lot easier and i promise you you were even more open because we had Dion lewis running downhill and louisville Rutgers, you know all these teams we played they had to put eight nine guys in the box sometimes yep and that's when having a veteran quarterback you ha- he has the keys to the vehicle, meaning the offense. And with that, when those shot type of situations happen and he sees a mismatch, he I know he's going to make that right check. He's going to make that throw. But my point is, establishing the run game early on literally controls the game. Mm-hmm. Narduzzi, you now have control of the time. You have control of the clock. Literally, you control the game at this point. And I'm telling you, if we don't establish the running game, if we literally do not get confidence with our guys up front, we are going to be in shootouts every single game. And I fear for the health of our gunslinger. I feel, I fear for the health of someone who is averaging 300 and some yards a game and also our leading rusher. Can't have that. These stats 
as well as lack of establishing running game, absolutely uh, contribute to losing the game, especially with turnovers, one passing interception, two two fumbles. Uh, I understand, you know, the one snap, but flat out can't happen. And I guarantee we all agree on that. So we have some exciting news. Our podcast is partnering with Play Action polls.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most you'll be able to get in on the action with our play action pools.com football pick them challenge which is open to everyone here's how it works sign up for our contest believe football pick them at playactionpools.com then get your picks in each week we're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe B L E A V football, pick them. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got survivor pick as well as cool as as a cool sports book style concept called build your bankroll playactionpools.com your home for all your office sports pools uh guys tough question here um and that's what we're here for you know uh is to answer and to discuss these tough questions what happens at the end of the year what happens at the end of the season uh there's a lot of talk going on about you know this is it uh, people want to move on from here and move on from Pat Arduzzi. How do you guys see this shaping up? How do you guys see the end of season going? Well, I mean, I, I, uh, I think there's still a lot of football left. Uh, you know, it, it, let's not burn the house down yet. But you're asking, I'm going to give you something. I think one name jumps out. It's a Pittsburgh guy, Joe Moorhead. I think if something happens – and we keep on going down this path where it's not somewhere we want to go and we're not having Pitt go to where it needs to be. Joe Moorhead needs to be the name. I know myself. I know some of my former teammates. And I know some former uh, people who have more influence than me would love to see somebody who is a true Western PA person, not a pretender, cares about recruiting the right people, taking care of our backyard, putting a fence around it the way that we used to be. That's my opinion. Jerry? Well, you know, I, I go back to uh, a friend of mine who, who texted me during the uh, uh, first Steeler game uh, who said Matt, Matt Canada is, is, a, uh, is a college coach and what's he doing coaching, being an offense coordinator of an NFL team that are losing flow. I really don't think you know you want to fire Matt Canada halfway through his first game and really don't think you want to fire Pat Narduzzi when he loses one game. Now, if he ends up being six and six or five and seven or even seven and five, then we got a different conversation. Uh, number one, he has a uh, contract through 2024. So they got to they pay him. If they're going to fire him after this season, they got to pay him the equivalent of three years salary. And I guess they could find a donor to do that. But I go back to the guy who made a $20 million donation a few years ago, specifically for the football program and specifically for Pat Narduzzi. Uh, I, I remember doing the, the interview with him before the UMass game. And the guy just loves Narduzzi and believes in him. And, and, you know, and he's, he's the biggest donor Pitt has ever had. So you know, there may be some donors out there or some fans out there that want Narduzzi fired. I, I hear from them all the time. But, uh, you know, 
And like I said, if it's a bad season, then all bets are off. But let's see what happens. I mean, they, they should win this week. They have a chance to be 4-1 and one going into Blacksburg. If they can beat Georgia Tech, which I don't think is a very good team. They played over their heads against Clemson. Uh, they got they got them. They got Virginia ahead of them. They can win, still win eight games. I I still think they can win eight games. Um, but as far as firing Narduzzi, think about the really goes south in, in the second part of the season for that to happen. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, it, I could be wrong. No, no. I mean, I, you know, everybody's a right to their opinion, and you know, this is a, a long season, and they do have a lot of games left. So we'll see if they can salvage something and uh, you know really uh, come uh, come out on top you know, from a bad loss that they face this week and uh, get some ACC action in there and maybe, uh, you know, something changes. It's going to have to, right? Something's going to have to change, and we'll see if that happens. Um, that's it for us, uh, you know, for the Believe in Pit Football podcast presented by Bet Online. Make sure you check us out this coming Friday. We will have a whole nother show, a pregame show. We'll have a special guest for you on our podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. For myself, Jerry, Bill, and Scott, we're out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.